are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have so much to get to today. We are going to be breaking down the AFC North, a Ram. There is a new Ram in town. Sony Michelle has been traded to the Rams. I want to get Webb's take on that. I want to talk about Cam Newton for one minute. Webb, are you ready for today's show? I'm like 76% ready today. That is one more percent than the last time. So I, we're doing pretty good here. We're doing pretty yeah. good. I'm, I'm killing it, man. All in. I want to start with just a really small trade. Sony Michelle, former first round pick of the New England Patriots, was traded to your Los Angeles Rams for a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick that are probably going to turn into a fourth round pick. Sony Michelle scored the only touchdown against your Rams to win a Super Bowl. Do you like this move for your Rams? I, I don't care at all, to be honest. I think it's inconsequential. Uh, why the hell are you trading for Sony Michelle now? Now you want a running back because Daryl Henderson sprained his thumb or whatever. But in round two, you took 2-2 Atwell. There was no running back that you saw that you could have taken in round two. I don't care at all. So I think Sony Michelle is decent. He's not terrible. He got a bad rap in New England. I think it's an okay move. It's a fourth round pick, which kind of hurts. But you could do worse, I think. I think it's pretty inconsequential, though. Yeah, don't care at all. Um, not going to make or break the Rams season. No, it's not. And I want to talk, talk about one more thing really quick about Cam Newton. On a previous show, I, t- I mentioned that uh, players not getting vaccinated could end up costing teams games, costing guys money, right? Cam Newton missed uh, a COVID test. He is not vaccinated. So he's away from the team for five days. In these five days, Mac Jones might take over his job and become the new starter in New England. Do you think Cam's situation will change how other players in the league view vaccinations? Because I think it will in a big way. I don't think it will. I was watching, um, and obviously neither of us get into the merits of taking it or, or refusing to take it, but that's not what it, this is about. I, I honestly don't think it's going to change anything. Um, Scott Van Pelt, I was watching uh, Sports Center a few weeks ago. And he basically said, like, there's nothing new that's going to come out now that's going to convince those that haven't taken it to take it now. And I truly do believe that Um, Cam Newton potentially losing his job because he was not vaccinated and because he had to miss time. I don't think it's something that's going to blow people's minds. And I honestly don't think it's going to change anything. I think they have their reasons for not doing it. And I don't think anything is really going to convince them otherwise other than the league saying you cannot play unless you are vaccinated. I think that's the only thing that can change their, their stance on doing it. So here's why I disagree with you again. This is not again about the virtues of the vaccine or not the vaccine. That's not what I'm talking about. This is solely about the football fields. If Cam Newton's the starter this year and plays well, he could get a contract for hundred million dollars next season. If he's the backup, he could get a one-year deal for $6 million, maybe. If other players see that and say, hey, I'm a number two receiver. If I miss a game, I could become the number four receiver. This could cost me millions. I think that might change in people's minds. I really do. Is this crazy? It's not crazy. I just don't know why they wouldn't have thought of that before. Like, It's not like the league implemented a new rule this week. you know? Like, Because now it's real. Now they're seeing it have to happen to someone. I think that's the difference because I agree with you. Things haven't changed, but now you're seeing it maybe affect somebody differently. I don't know. It also, another thing that complicates it is that the Cam Newton, Mac Jones 
um, uh, starting position or whoever was going to take the starting role wasn't wasn't fixed yet. I think people probably ex- expected Mac to take over sometime in the season. So maybe people didn't really expect Cam to start and wow the page and sort of impress the Patriots. So I think that's another situation as well. Like I think a lot of people wrote off Cam Newton this year, even though it seemed like it was his job to lose at least to start the season. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's true. All right, I guess we'll see. Uh, who knows? Okay, man. Uh, I said on the last show that I think the AFC North will be my most interesting division. We have now broken this down. Do you think it's the most interesting division in football? It's more interesting than I thought it was, but I still think the NFC West is the most interesting division in football. Homer's going to home. Okay. (laughs) That's not a good thing for my team. (laughs) Trust me. It's not. (laughs) In 2020, Pittsburgh won the division at 12 and four. Baltimore came in second at 11 and five. Cleveland came in third at 11 and five as well. All three of those teams made the playoffs. Cincinnati came in last at four and 11. I think I was surprised with how well Cleveland did last year and how bad Pittsburgh did. They were 10 and 0, I think, and they fell off a cliff. Were you surprised by any of these teams last season? Uh, I wasn't surprised by Pittsburgh's start because they had a really favorable schedule to start the season. And then after the schedule got more difficult, um, they dropped off and they uh, they lost four out of five out of the last five games. And when they had the cakewalk, they were killing it. The defense was winning all those games. Um, they didn't throw the ball that much and they couldn't run the ball really. So it was a defense, uh, with Cleveland. I thought we both had them making the playoffs last year. I think we did, but I think it was not as competitive a team. I thought they wouldn't be a contender, uh, but they won a Pittsburgh. They won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. They gave Kansas city kind of a game, even though Pat got, got hurt. I think they were more competitive all season than I thought they were going to be. I thought they'd be good. Mm-hmm. But they were better than I thought. I think I think in the playoffs I chose Cleveland over Pittsburgh. You may have chosen Pittsburgh. I did. I was stupid. Yeah. No, I mean I think uh, you know Pittsburgh would have been the favorite, but Cleveland was just hot, and Pittsburgh was kind of reeling. Um, but yeah, and, and and Cincinnati losing Joe Burrow, you know, I didn't even really bother to look at their season last year because I think that's kind of not applicable because I think of what happened to Joe Burrow just it isn't an accurate depiction of what would have happened so i agree yeah his injury threw everything off let's start in alphabetical order like we always do the baltimore ravens are up first again in 2020 they went 11 and 5 the story of their offseason to me was to get healthy and keep contending for a championship window that is currently open no crazy moves i think that's what they did what do you think it was to me it was the extension that lamar is going to get that was what I was thinking about the entire time. Does he deserve it? And how is he going to perform after he gets it? That is a good question. That is a very good question. And I don't know the answer to it. Does he deserve an extension? Yes. How big of an extension? That's terrifying. That's a really tough question. Wow. What do you think? Does he deserve an extension? I think he certainly deserves an extension. He was the MVP in like his second year. Uh, He certainly deserves an extension. Josh Allen just got six years, $250 million. Would you give Lamar that same deal? I think he should get that if Josh Allen got that because he's done more than Josh Allen has. Josh Allen had that one year that may be a blip and maybe Lamar's second year was a blip, but Lamar took the league by storm, won the MVP. 
I still think it should have been Russell Wilson that year, but whatever. He still won the MVP. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that to my grave. Um, and it was in his second year. Josh Allen has not reached the pinnacle yet. So, yes, I think he deserves Josh Allen money based on the precedent set. Okay, that's not the question. I said, would you give him Josh Allen money? Would you personally, Webb, if you own the team, feel confident writing Lamar Jackson a check for $250 million? Because I would not want to do that at all. That sounds okay. like a terrible idea to me. In in fairness, I wouldn't. I would not feel comfortable giving Josh Allen the money that Josh Allen got either. So, if that's, that's, a, fair, that's a fair point, that's a fair point. But so that I'd money's say, already gone. That money's already gone. That's already gone. Fine. You can't change that. Um, I don't know. How much guaranteed are we talking? One hundred. Josh Allen got one fifty guaranteed. I yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, right? He you is have like, to, and it's bad. <laughs> In terms of his performance as a running quarterback, generational, electric. 100%. So he has that. He does something at a higher level than Josh Allen does, period. Like Josh Allen's a better all-around quarterback, but I don't think anything Josh Allen does is like unique to Josh Allen. Okay, so I'll say that. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I'm just saying you could at least argue for that in in Lamar's favor. So I think Josh Allen is better than Lamar Jackson at playing quarterback in the NFL. I agree. I think Lamar Jackson's a better football player than Josh Allen, which is a very different thing because he breaks yeah, things, which is why I would not want to pay a football player $250 million. <laughs> because if Lamar Jackson has a knee injury where he is 85% Lamar Jackson next season, how good is that player? It might be a debate between like him and Teddy Bridgewater, honestly. Like, yeah. If Josh Allen is 85% less athlete in his legs, he can still throw the ball with, with accuracy to every part, level of the field. He's the strongest arm in the NFL. I'm less worried about that, but you got to pay him and I'm terrified. Yeah. And I have enough faith in the Ravens organization that even if slash when they pay Lamar Jackson, they're still going to have good drafts and they're still going to, keep that defense intact, at least whether they're, you know, fill and replace players. I know there's going to be some stability there in that organization. So I, I, I don't feel as badly paying him that money um, compared to other teams. That's true. Let's talk about some of that stability. At head coach, they have John Harbaugh, offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. Same staff as last year. One of the elite coaching staffs in the NFL. I think you agree with that. We can move on. Yeah? I agree. In the drafts, they were interesting. Everyone said they needed a receiver. They took, in round one, pick 27, Rashad Bateman, a receiver from Minnesota. They traded Orlando Brown to the Kansas City Chiefs for a first-round pick. With pick 31, they took Odafe Owe, formerly Jason Owe, the edge from Penn State. Uh, after the draft, he said his name is actually Odafe, but I know some people probably missed that. So just for some context, he was formerly Jason. Then around three, Ben Cleveland, guard from Georgia. Do you like these picks, Webb? Yeah, I did. I really did like these picks. Um, they had two picks in the first round. I think they addressed uh, some of their needs. And then getting someone on the O-line in the third round, Marshall Yonder retired uh, two years ago. Um, 
they need someone to fill in on the interior offensive line. So good job, I think. I like Bateman a lot. He is hurt right now. I think he had surgery recently. But at the time of the draft, he was healthy. So you can't take that into account. I like the picks. OA has huge upside. He was the best athlete in the draft. A lot to build on. He has, he's a very raw player, but I think he can get there with Baltimore's teaching. In free agency, Baltimore was surprisingly active this year. I, I, I find they're usually not like this, but they made a bunch of moves this year. They signed Ke- uh, guard Kevin Zeitler from the Giants for three years, $22 million. They re-signed linebacker Tyus Bowser for four years, $22 million. They stole left tackle and their current right tackle, Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh for two years, $14 million. They got receiver Sammy Watkins from Kansas City for one year, $5 million. Former All-Pro defensive end Justin Houston from Indy for one year, $2 million. Juwan James from Denver, a tackle for two years, $4.5 million. And guard Michael Schofield from Carolina for one year, $1 million. Do you like these moves? Because I like some of them, and then I really hate some other ones. What do you think here, Webb? I think they lost more than they got back. I like the moves they made. But it didn't, uh, it didn't make up for the gap in the amount of players that they lost and the caliber of players. That's kind of what I think, too. Like, we're going to get to it in the losses, but Orlando Brown to Alejandro Villanueva is a giant step down. Villanueva was really good for a long time, but he's 34 now, and he looked terrible last year. Pittsburgh's offensive line was bad last year, and I just I have some doubts about blocking for Lamar, for Lamar this year. It's going to be tough. I have a bad feeling for the season. Yeah, they, so in the year that Lamar won the MVP, he had a fantastic O-line. Just phenomenal. Um, with Ronnie Stanley, Marshall Yanda, Matt Skura. Um, Stanley's still there, but Skura's gone and Yanda's gone. Orlando Brown's gone. Now, like, I don't know, Coop. And Ronnie Stanley's coming off a serious injury where he didn't play most of last season. He got that paycheck, and then three days later, he was out for the year. Yeah. Great deal by him, by the way. That's always amazing timing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the free agent losses, they traded Orlando Brown to Kansas City for a first-round pick. They lost Matt Jude on their outside linebacker to the Patriots for four years, $54 million. They lost defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, who they just traded for, to Las Vegas for two years, $26 million. They lost former starting running back Mark Ingram to Houston for one year, $2 million. Center Matt Skira to Miami for one year, $1.7 million. And guard DJ Fluker to Miami for one year, $1 million. I think these are some pretty big losses, Webb. Orlando Brown was an, like a Pro Bowl right tackle, played great left tackle for them. Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe were basically this team's pass rush. Those guys are just gone, and their replacements are not... They haven't done it yet at all. I have some real worries about what they lost here. Like some huge concerns. I agree with you. And Lamar Jackson said um, he strongly disagrees with teams figuring him out. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens because it looked like teams figured him out a bit last year. He still played at a at a high level, but it wasn't the same that we had seen in uh, 2019. So I don't know, man. Lamar's issue is that what he is, he is what everyone basically wants at that position. A great running quarterback who can throw as well. He is the best running by, runner by far. But teams are now drafting to stop that. Smaller linebackers who can kind of uh, follow the quarterback. Those are the guys they want now. Devin White was drafted fifth overall. Darius Leonard was the defensive rookie of the year. These smaller linebackers who can run with the quarterback are guys they're going for. The game is changing to stop the next Lamar. 
I think it's really going to affect him going forward. I think you're right. In cap space, Baltimore has 7.7 million, the 22, 22nd most in the league. Webb, what is this team's strongest unit? Yeah, so I alluded to this before. It's going to be on the defensive side. I think that their strongest unit uh, is in their quarterbacks. Sorry, their cornerbacks. Cornerbacks. Quarterback, you said? Corner, corner. Quarter. Okay, got it. <laughs> so the cornerbacks. So I'm talking uh, Marcus Peters, who the Rams traded to uh, the Ravens. Uh, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, Jimmy Smith. Uh, who is he? I don't know if he's still corner or if he's if he moved to safety. I think he's still listed as a, as a corner. Okay, <coughs> but that's that's a pretty good roster right there. I think they're very good. Um, they're very good at at, at, at defending the pass. Um, I was looking at some stats. They were sixth in 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 uh, passing yards per game. They only allowed two hundred twenty one yards per game, and that was sixth in the league. Um, very good team and. You know, throughout they've had throughout the years they've had a, a good defense. I have some other candidates, but I'll let you. I'll let you go. So to me, the strongest unit again was cornerback, like you said, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. I think are the best corner pair in the league. I can't think of a better one. Jalen Ramsey and question mark. Like I think it's them. It's those two guys, right? Yeah, it's probably them. I think. Um, the Patriots have a good one-two punch, but Stefan Gilmore fell off uh, quite a bit, so it probably is. Uh, yeah, I think it probably is on the Ravens. It's the best one we've done so far, for sure. I yeah. can't think of a better one. So, and my runner-up, I think you're going to agree with me too. It's the defensive line. Yep. Derek Wolf is really good. Brandon Williams is one of the best run stuffers in the in the league, and Calais Campbell is still Calais Campbell mostly i like these i like this unit it's good really strong yeah um i agree with you i had so i had one other uh like a second runner up and that was uh the offensive tackles um which it's a drop off from last year but i still think it's it's a strength uh if ronnie stanley is is healthy um juan james is solid and alejandro villanueva was solid for pittsburgh for you know most of the years um, but it's obviously a, a, a huge drop off from last year and also a drop off from the corners and the defensive line. So I agree with you. The offensive line, because Ronnie Stanley is one of the three best tacklers in football. He is elite. So anyone with him is probably going to look pretty good. I agree. That's a good, that's a good call. The weakest unit to me is their safeties. Their two starters are Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott. Your backups are Braden Stevens and Anthony Levine Sr. I cannot say I've ever heard their names called during a Baltimore Ravens game before, or any game for that matter. Do you know who these two, these four men are? Do you know these men? I heard of Clark, but never as like one of the elite safeties. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, no idea. Um, didn't know what he looked like until probably last week. Yeah, I just, I, I think their corners are going to make them look better than they are, but that is some, that's a real hole. Did you have safeties as well? I had safeties. Um, I have another candidate, but yeah, I have safeties. What's, what's your runner-up? Uh, it's the backfield for me. I don't like it much. I know you how, probably like it. How dare you? See, what Webb is doing here, because he's a bad person, <laughs> is he knows I have J.K. Dobbins in fantasy football. <laughs> he knows this. And he, wanna put, he wants to put a little doubt in my mind about his, his future. No, that's what you're doing, because you're a bad know. person. For months and months, he wasn't playing. 
and now he's back in. So his evil ways are coming back to the surface, and you're not fooling anybody. So, <laughs> Explain why the backfield's bad to me, you dirtbag. Because I just don't know if. Okay, so Baltimore last year was first in in rushing yards per game as a team, 192 yards per game. Um, very good offensive team, but I think the best rushing attack comes from uh, Lamar Jackson. They had Mark Ingram last year; they lost him. So they only have. Uh, Five receive five running backs on the roster led by J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Those guys are going to be the committee. Uh, Tyson Williams, don't even know who that is. Nate McCrary might or might not be a person. Um, but I just don't trust this as a committee. I think J.K. Dobbins is solid and catch passes too, but I just don't think this team's going to be able to run the football that well. Um, and I think Lamar is really their best, their best rushing attack. I have doubts. Mark Ingram barely played for Baltimore last year. I think he was a healthy scratch for the end of the season. Their backs last year were J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Your level of hatred and just fantasy spite is not going unnoticed here. I don't. I I, I get what you're saying. I think Mark Ingram only played 11 games. He started nine, averaged 4.2 yards per carry. Um, but yeah, he 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 fizzled out at the end of the year, and that's probably why he's not there anymore. Just don't trust it. I could be wrong, but I think their backfield is questionable. My runner-up was wide receiver. Uh, Sammy Watkins hasn't been good in three years. And that might be, it might be longer. Rashad Bateman's already hurt. Marquise Brown was a first-round pick, but has he ever been really good? Like, has he been good for four games in a row? So here's the thing. I was thinking about receiver too, but I looked at... um, last year and Baltimore was dead last in passing yards per game. So I don't know if it's that Marquise Hollywood Brown is not good or if it's just that they rely on, on, on running the football so much. It's so weird how Baltimore is so polarizing. They're first in rushing, but they're last in passing as of last year. Makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense for this team. Yeah. So I don't know if the receivers are that bad. Like, I mean, it's definitely not in the top half of receivers in the league. But I think uh, Rashad Bateman and, and and Hollywood Brown could be a decent duo. Um, but I won't argue with you on that. I just don't know if Baltimore passes the ball enough to really have these guys shine. At least not to the receivers. Okay, so Webb, what is your prediction for Baltimore's 2021 record? Uh, I know you don't incorporate the schedule as much as I do. But I like to look at it just to, just to fill in the blanks, you know, like just to get a more uh, holistic sense. Have Baltimore going 10 and 7 because I think this defense is solid enough and the running game with Lamar should be solid enough to get 10 wins. 10 and 7. I just want to tell you, like, I don't know if you've looked at their schedule yet. Have you? I did today. Okay. So from week 12 to week 18, they're playing Cleveland, they're at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland again, home for Green Bay. They have a bye, I believe. No, sorry, that's they don't have a base. Sorry about that. Week 17, they're at home to the Rams. And week 18, they're at home to Pittsburgh. We have no idea how these teams are going to be. We don't know what injuries are going to happen. So who knows if these will be tough games. But going into the season, that, that seems like a tough stretch to end the season. I just, I don't know, man. 10 and 7. Okay, so I have some really big issues with how this team is being built. Uh, like you said, they were last in passing yards last year. You think their running backs got worse. I think they're pretty good, but there's some issues there. They have really bad safeties with elite corners. But if one of those corners gets hurt 
or Patrick Queen gets hurt, their defense is destroyed. Patrick Queen kind of kind of mans the middle of that defense. He's excellent, but he's their only linebacker that does that. They traded one of their top tackles, one of their best players, to Kansas City, a huge rival. They replaced him with an old tackle. The Baltimore Ravens are going to go six and eleven this year, maybe seven and ten. It's a down year for Baltimore. They're six and eleven. Coming out hot today. I'm coming out hot. If it were another team, maybe I'd consider that. But this team has too much stability. I, I get why you're down on them. But I was looking at John Harbaugh's record as coach. He's been coach of Baltimore since 2008. He's had one losing season in his entire tenure from 2008 to 2020. 13 seasons. One season where it was below 500. And about to be two. Five about to 11. be two. About to be two, Webb. Wow. About to be two. That's ballsy. I. All right. That's ballsy. You know, I had it at seven and ten, but then yet then you said ten and seven. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna win just on principle. Six and eleven. I'm petty like that. Six and eleven. All right. Well, we'll see what that gets you. Hopefully when they start off right. six and zero, oh, I'm gonna be furious at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just Thanks. think this organization is too good to only win six games. I mean, I think we're gonna see some issues if Lamar gets hurt. Their backups Trace McSurley. Uh, he's not good. Uh, they, this team is one injury away from being the number two pick of the draft. It's, yeah, it's and and I imagine drafting Bateman, and if he's healthy, they're going to pass the ball more to the receivers. But the defense, I mean, the defense is not the exact same. Like you said, they lost Judon, Yannick. Um, but this is this is a really good team. They're second in uh, points per game as a team. Uh, they allowed the second fewest uh, points to opponents. They were third in forcing fumbles. I, I I think a lot of these guys have remained here. They lost some, but I believe in this defense, at least enough to get to have a winning season. But we'll see what happens. I like when we're you know on two different pages. It's more interesting. Me too. The Cincinnati Bengals are up next. In 2020, they went 4-11. and 11. The story of their offseason was just get Bur- Joe Burrow healthy. That was it. Uh, do you agree with that? Also, messing up the draft. Those are the two things they did. Totally agree. 100% with both. And the, their head coach is Zach Taylor. Their offensive coordinator is Brian Callahan. And their defensive coordinator is Lou Anarumo. Uh, Zach Taylor might have one foot out the door, Webb. I'm not a huge fan of this coaching staff. What do you think? Burn it to the ground. <laughs> uh, they have done very little so far. I think this is his third season, Zach Taylor's, right? Or is it second? No, this is his third, at least. Yeah, I think it's his third. We thought he was going to get fired after the first season. They let him coach Joe Burrow. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting what they're doing here. In the draft, round one, they took Jamar Chase, a wide receiver out of LSU, after their quarterback's offensive line had him tear his ACL. In round two, they took Jackson Carmen, a guard from Clemson. And in round three, they took Joseph Asai, an edge player from Texas. Ah, uh, Webb. You and I both like Jamar Chase. We thought he was a good player. But Penny Sewell was there, a guy that Cincinnati could desperately use. And they're just like, nah, we're good. Uh, I killed this pick at the time. I still hate it. What do you think? Uh, love the player. hate the pick for the Bengals. I thought it was the worst pick in the draft. Hey, sorry, in the first round, I should say. The first round. Worst pick in the first round. Awful. Yeah, it's, it's really bad, man. I don't like... It's so stupid. Because... Like, after seeing Andrew Luck's career, 
go down completely because of no offensive line. You're like, you know what we should do? More of that. Like, it's so stupid. Yeah. And Zach Taylor spells his name Z-A-C. No H, oh, no K. gross. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, send him to Brooklyn already. That's terrible. <laughs> okay, uh, the free agent signings they did. They let Carl Lawson go, which I want to point out before I say this one. And then they gave Trey Hendrickson, a defensive end from New Orleans, four years, $60 million. They signed cornerback Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh for four years, $24 million. Cornerback Chidobi Awuzie from Dallas, three years, $21.7 million. They got a left tackle, now their right tackle, Riley Reef from Minnesota for one year, $7.5 million. Defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi from Cleveland for one year, $6.2 million. Defensive tackle Mike Daniels re-signed for one year, $1.5 million. And they got free safety Ricardo Allen from Atlanta for one year, $1.5 million. I kind of like these moves. I would have rather kept Carl Lawson than signed Trey Hendrickson for more money, but I think these are pretty good signings. What do you think, Webb? Question for you. You are German, and Reef is a German name, no? Uh, it can be. Okay. So um, the only reason why I ask is because, uh, you know, earlier this summer I heard that Reef is really s- supposed to be pronounced Reif. So is it Reif or Reef? So it depends on if he's German or not. If he is. Well, I've all I've only ever heard him say his name Riley Reap, so I'm assuming he's not German. Oh, okay, because I also heard Travis Kelsey call himself Kelsey, although he's yeah, not German. That's a valid point. So I think because it's R E I, it's Re in German. In, in Germany, there's not a lot of R E I sounding okay. names. Okay, but I always called him Riley Reap, but I just yeah. heard that if it's German, it's pronounced Rife. So I was totally irrelevant. Anyway. Um, <laughs> back to the that's our podcast pretty well, <laughs> yeah. Just off on a tangent. Um, off season, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought they had some 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 good moves. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, um, Ricardo Allen, Riley Reef, as you mentioned, Trey Hendrickson, who they paid way too much money to. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was solid. I agree. They had some losses, though. Carl Lawson, defensive end to the New York Jets for three years, $45 million. He immediately tore his Achilles, though, which is terrible. Cornerback William Jackson to Washington for three years, $40 million. Former star receiver A.J. Green to Arizona for one year, $6 million. Former top 10 pick John Ross to the Giants for one year, $2.2 million. Running back Giovanni Bernard to Tampa Bay for one year, $1.2 million. Uh, I think Carl Lawson's a big loss. I think William Jackson is a pretty big loss, but I think they replaced him pretty well. I'm actually okay with these losses. With, with how their offseason unfolded, I don't think it's too bad what happened here. And the team wasn't that good anyway before, and uh, A.J. Green, they're probably better off without him, to be honest. I agree, and I'm one of the biggest A.J. Green fans in the world before. But... Love, love A.J. Green. Yeah. They're in a good cap space position. They have 18.9 million, the fifth most in the league. So some guys get cut, they can make some moves soon. Uh, well, what is the strongest unit on this team? I think there is one clear, clear one here. Yeah, it's going to be a receiver. Um, they have possibly a top three, one, two, three punch. I know we mentioned the one, two punch on the last show in the AFC South, but for a one, two, three punch, this might be the best. If not, it's probably top three. Uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, your boy. So I, I wrote wide receiver as well. And I wrote probably the best three receivers set in the league. Yeah. 
I couldn't think of a better one with the third guy being this strong as well. Yeah. Uh, I still wouldn't have taken Chase in the first round, but that's a great unit. That's really strong. Can't deny the talent. No. Just the, the, the needs were not met. Yeah. Uh, my runner-up was their defensive line. Trey Hendrickson, I, he's overpaid, but he's a solid player. DJ Reader and Larry Ogunjobi are really strong on the inside. And Mike Daniels is pretty good depth. I think it's a, I think it's a solid unit. What do you have as the runner-up? So I had the, the interior defensive line as my second runner-up. Um, my runner-up was actually safety. I thought they had a really good safety core uh, with uh, Jesse Bates. He's one of the top safeties in the league. And Von Bell, who's like turned his career around. He looked like trash uh, <laughs> his first couple of years in the league. But he's been solid the last, the last little bit. And I now they have a car- in the league. I forgot he was in the league. Yeah. I thought he was out of the league for a while. So that's a great improvement. <laughs> kind of he was mentally. Um <laughs> and Ricardo Allen that they picked up. I think that's a pretty solid uh set of safeties. It's a good unit, yeah. Uh Jesse Bates almost made my left by himself. He's so good. Yeah. Did they pay him by the way? I thought he was franchised. Yeah, they did not give him the long-term contract, right? That's what yeah. I thought. I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure he's franchised. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Uh, what is this team's weakest unit in your mind? There's quite a few to choose from, but I'd say the interior offensive line. You could go another way, but I have the interior O-line. They were my runner-up. Uh, Quentin Spain, Michael Jordan, Trey Hopkins. It's not a strong group. If they had Jonah Williams at left guard and Penny Sewell at left tackle, this would be a very nice unit. They chose not to go that route. Uh, my runner-up is tight end. They have a real serious hole there. Has CJ, I don't want to get his name wrong, Uzma ever been good at anything in the NFL? Has he done anything well? Not that I can remember. Uh, Drew Sample, also very mediocre. I think this team has really really strong skill position groups. This one is really underwhelming. What was your runner-up? I had the tight ends. We're agreeing too much, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't think we're going to agree on on this team. Yeah, I think we're going to have a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't think we will let me hear what what is your prediction for the 2021 cincinnati Bengals? six and eleven. Oh, i like it i like it very very much if they won seven games i wouldn't be shocked but six and eleven and if they and if they won only five i wouldn't be shocked either i think this team has a really strong offense joe burrow i think is a really good quarterback if their offensive line can hold up, and that's a big if, the sky's the limit. In Peyton Manning's first season, they went the Colts went three and thirteen. In year two, they went thirteen and three. I'm not saying Peyton, Joe Burrow's Peyton Manning, but they are both number one picks. Played some ball in Louisiana at the time. 2021 Bengals are going to go ten and seven this year. Ten and seven, they are coming for the playoff. They might not make it, but they're making a run this year. All right, that's that's ballsy, man. I, I appreciate your very bold picks. Um, I think you're wrong about this one. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I think this is crazy, especially because you took Baltimore. Sorry, you predicted Baltimore going with six and eleven. Uh, yeah, six and six and eleven out of spite. Yeah, seven and ten, six and eleven. All right. I just okay. Again, we can't put too much stock into this, but just to just to give you a little bit more context, have you looked at their schedule? I did why it's 10 and 7 and not 12 and 12 and 4 12 okay. and 5. all right just for the listeners who haven't gotten a chance to see cincinnati's schedule i just want to read off some 
some games in the like the last half of the season. So week nine, they're playing Cleveland. Week 12, at home to Pittsburgh. Week 13, at home to the Chargers. Week 14, at home to San Francisco. Week 15, at Denver. Week 16, uh, at home to the Ravens. Week 17, at home to the Chiefs. Week 18, on the road, facing Cleveland. Again, we do not know how these teams will fare. They could be hurt. But those last three weeks are brutal. That's a tough end. But the beginning is super easy. Minnesota, Chicago with Andy Dalton, Jacksonville rookie, Detroit, Jared Goff, the yep. Jets, Las Vegas. There's a lot of easy games there where they can build us. They can be, they could be eight. And, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the funny thing is I looked at Cincy's uh, schedule and I saw that and I was like, wow, how do I not see them getting like eight wins? But it's the second half of the season that really worries me. I agree you're, a coward. You. you're a coward, Webb. You don't believe, okay? <laughs> I believe in Joe Burrow. I believe in Louisiana Magic. Okay, it's gonna happen. Okay. And I think I think this offense can be electrifying. We didn't even talk about Joe Mixon, assuming he plays this year. Let's not talk about Joe Mixon. Let's move on <laughs> to him. Let's just let's not do that. <laughs> All I know is this team is gonna be excellent. And uh, I believe in this team, unlike you. The Cleveland Browns are up next. In 2020, they went 11-5, and five, won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. I think the story of their offseason is to improve this team enough to compete for the Super Bowl this season. Their window is open. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Closely related, I would just say, obviously, we know there's the Chiefs. Who's going to challenge the Chiefs? Is it going to be the Bills or the Browns? Um, if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, who can actually go to the Super Bowl uh, from the AFC? I agree. That's what they're going for. They have a good head coach who we kind of killed a little bit a couple years ago, but Kevin Stefanski put, did a great job last year. Their offensive coordinator is Alex Van Pelt, who sounds like Scott Van Pelt's bootleg brother. And their defensive coordinator is Joe Witz. Do you like this coaching staff? Because I think it's pretty good. I think it's solid. I think the team is really, really well put together. Front office has done a fantastic job. They're a really good team. I agree. In the draft, they took Greg Newsom, a cornerback from Northwestern in round one. In round two, they took Jeremy Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, a linebacker from Notre Dame. They call him JOK. And in round three, they took Anthony Schwartz, a wide receiver from Auburn. I love the Newsom pick. I love the player, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I think he's excellent. Before the draft, he fell to round two. People had him as a top 15 player. He fell around two because of size concerns. And I think there was a heart issue that apparently checked out. Reports from camp are that he looks very small and may not be able to play linebacker at the NFL. So I love the pick at the time. As of now, I think there might be an issue here. What do you think of this draft web? I thought their draft was solid. They're in a different position than Cincinnati. So I didn't scrutinize their draft as much as Cincinnati, uh, as much of the scrutiny I gave Cincinnati. Uh, Cleveland's been loading up over the last few years, really good picks in the draft short up the secondary um the uh sorry the secondary the offensive line they've done a good job uh with the receivers so they didn't have i think they had the opportunity to gamble more um than other teams so i didn't really look at it with the same uh microscope that i did with the the teams that need to rebuild so i I thought it was solid. If they whiffed on on this pick with JOK, their team is 
on paper uh, good enough to recover from that. I don't think it's a whiff. I think he's going to be a good player at safety. But if they drafted him at linebacker, that puts a huge hole in their roster. Yeah. Because you and I both really liked him as a player. I think he's, I thought coming out he could play linebacker because he did it so well at Notre Dame. But the NFL is a different animal, man. It's a different animal. I hope, yeah. I hope he can do it because I, I believe in him, but we shall see. And I, I think in my mock, I had him in the first round. I did too. Wait, first round. Yeah. I think I had him going to Oakland at like 19. So uh, in free agency, they made some good moves. They basically stole the Rams secondary. They took jo- safety John Johnson for three years, 33.7 million. They got cornerback Troy Hill from the Rams as well for two years, 9 million. They got some defensive ends in Jadavion Clowney from Tennessee from one year, 8 million. Taka McKinley from Vegas for one year, 4.2 million. Inside linebacker Anthony Walker Jr. from Indy for one year, 3 million. Defensive tackle and Super Bowl champion Malik Jackson from Philly for one year, 3.7 million. And they re-signed Richard Higgins, the wide receiver, for one year, 2.3 million. I like these moves, Webb. I think they filled a lot of holes with some really good players. I think they did a good job here. What do you think? I agree with you. It sucks because, like you said, they did steal the Rams secondary and didn't overpay to do so. Good job. I agree, man. Like, I think you had John Johnson getting what, like, two hundred fifty million dollars, something like that. Uh, two hundred and ten million dollars. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> yeah, get it right. Yeah, they got steals, man. Cleveland. It always hurts when like uh, you're a player from your team leaves for somewhere else, but then when they get underpaid, it almost feels like a stab in your heart. Like I'm mad at Justin Houston for getting two million dollars in Baltimore. I'm like this guy. <laughs> it makes me angry. <laughs> we have Baltimore winning six games, so maybe Indy has the last laugh. Well, Justin Houston's 85 years old now, so yeah. <laughs> they had some losses. I think some really serious losses. They lost the t- defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi to Cincinnati for one year, six point two million. Defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson to Minnesota for one year, three point six million. Safety Carl Joseph to Vegas for one year, one year, one point one million. Right tackle Kendall Lamb to Tennessee for two years, six point eight million. And cornerback Terrence Mitchell to Houston for two years, six point five million. I think the defensive tackles on this team have suffered in a huge way. Those are really big losses for this team, and I don't know if they reco- they did enough to recover from it. What do you think? I agree with you. Losing uh, Larry O and Sheldon Richardson, big losses, man. Yeah, it's tough, man. I don't know. Uh, on the plus side, they have 18.2 million in cap space, the seventh most in the league. So if a team cuts a defensive tackle the next couple of days, they can make a move. And I would expect them to do that because they are one of the, I think, boldest teams in with in regards to free agency and everything. They, they go for what they want, and I respect that. But Webb, what is this team's strongest unit? Because they have a couple options here. I think there's there's some really good stuff in this team. What is their strongest unit? So yeah, I thought they had some options as well, but to me, there's a clear cut winner. That's the offensive line. Uh, which across the tackles and going to the interior is it might be the most complete offensive line in the league. It probably is um, just through, through, throughout Jedrick Wills, Joe Batonio, JC Treader, White Teller, Jack Conklin. I mean, those five guys, like, I don't know if there's a better offensive line in the league um, than that. So that was my pick. I had them as my runner up. And I agree with you. They're a great offensive line. Jedrick Wills, I think he'll be better in year two. I think he was he was good last year. I think he'll be better in year two. Wyatt Teller is one of the three best guards in football last year. He was amazing. I'm not sure that was repeatable for him, but we'll see. But I agree. Great offensive line. Uh, they might. Yeah, they're probably top five to me offensive line. I think New Orleans might be a little better, but they're in the conversation for sure. 
God. Baker's going to have so much time to throw this year. My strongest unit was running back, though. They were my running, they were my runner up. Yeah, Nick Chubb is a top five running back, maybe higher. And Kareem Hunt's probably top 12. Like, if Nick one Chubb. of them goes to, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. They're just so good. Like, Nick Chubb missed six games last year, and they didn't lose a step with Kareem Hunt. Like, are you 100% sure that Kareem Hunt is not as good as Nick Chubb? Are you sure about that? Yeah, I think, I think Kareem Hunt's slightly below Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is the most underrated running back in the league, uh, just with what he does. I mean, he got paid, so we'll see if that continues. But I love Nick Chubb. He's one of my favorite running backs. I think Nick Chubb, again, is a top five running back, but Kareem Hunt, his rookie year in Kansas City, was a top five running back. The talent is there. The the talent is there. The thing with Kareem Hunt is he had a really strong start to the season, and then he kind of faded uh, toward the second half. So it wasn't like I think Kareem Hunt's really good. I think they complement each other very well, but I still think Nick Chubb's uh, a step above. He's better, but I don't think the gap is that big. I think it's close. But your hatred of Kareem Hunt will go notice. Okay. Uh, what do you have as the weakest unit on this team? Uh, sorry, I had one more str- strong unit, and that was the receiver, receiving unit, wide receiver. No, core. no you don't. Yeah, I do. Um, you are such a traitor. You have talked about how much you hate Odell Beckham Jr. for four years. Yeah, but now this unit's so strong. But he's not a bad receiver. I just think he's overrated and overpaid. But I think Jarvis Landry there, him there, and Rashad Higgins are that's a good uh you know three set right there. I I I like that. You're pathetic. He's I I think I think he's overrated. I do. And 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 I think he's way overpaid. And he's never gonna see that money again. But why don't you? Jeez, you cave. Did he send you a message? Did he call you? He did not. I think he did. He's too busy telling uh, people on on social media that he's uh, he's still relevant. (laughs) Doesn't have time for me. (laughs) Don't make time. (laughs) It's gonna make time for me. I guarantee you that. I'm gonna tell him all the terrible things you said about him. He'll he'll know. He'll know what you did. Win a playoff game on the team. And then he can come tell me whatever he wants. I saw him running on a treadmill a few months ago, and he looked pretty good. So I think he's basically a Super Bowl MVP at this point. He's been to one playoff game on the field, and he lost. Still a good, still a good receiver. Just not elite for me. The weakest unit on this team to me is their defensive tackles. Uh, Malik Jackson was really good three years ago. He's 31, and Philly was happy to let him go. Andrew Billings is just okay to me. I think this team lost a lot. They're going to need Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney to get to the quarterback really fast because the inside is going to be open for them. What do you think is the weakest unit on this team? So I had two. Um, actually, I had three. Sorry about that. And none of them were defensive tackles. <laughs> I like when that happens. That's a good. So one was quarterback, and I don't know which version of Baker you're getting. I think the jury's out. He had a really good rookie year, uh, a really bad sophomore year. And then last year, he was better than the second year, but they ran the football a hell of a lot. Um, so I don't know if they trust him. Uh, Speaking linebacker- of an extension that's coming. Yeah. If Lamar gets paid, he's going to get paid too at Baker. And then that's also very terrifying to get yeah. that guy $250 million. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I agree. Um, the linebackers. You you uh, uh, just sort of um, strengthened my argument with the JOK 
um, concerns. I don't know who these line who these linebackers are. Anthony Walker, your boy from the Colts. I honestly just found out what he looked like. Um, Anthony Walker is good. He's actually a good player. He's going to be a head coach in the NFL one day. He's just limited athletically. I think so, he'll. That's good for an athlete. Um, <laughs> I I think he'll be able to tell the defense where to go. He'll probably be calling the shots there, so he'll he'll be good at that. But the Colts were like, "Good luck, buddy." Like they just, he wasn't a good enough athlete to play there anymore. And I, their linebacker was my runner up for weakest unit because of that specific problem. So I agree with you. And this may surprise you because I think that this unit will be good. But it's sorry, I shouldn't say it's weak. I just don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, the cornerbacks, the corners. Now they got Troy Hill. They drafted um, Greg Newsom. So they should be good. I just don't know how they will be because last year, uh, the Browns were a very middle of the pack bunch defensively. Um, they were 20 or even worse than middle of the pack, 22nd in passing yards per game and uh, 21st in points per game. So, like, I think, they, I think they defended the run really well. They didn't defend the pass very well. So I'm hoping that this improves, but I just don't know. They almost made my list, man. They were right on the cusp for me for the exact same issue. Denzel Ward was a top five pick who has been underwhelming so far. Greedy Williams has been hurt a lot. I didn't know he was still on the roster. I thought they cut him. I know they just drafted him a couple years ago, but I honestly thought they cut him. And I'm like he- 80% sure they drafted him because of his name. He was supposed to be a top five pick of that draft who fell to the middle of the second round. And it was because of work ethic issues where guys thought that he wasn't working hard. And it seems like they were right. And Troy Hill, to me, was playing across him from the best corner in football. And is, it gonna, is he going to look as good with the not the best corner in football? I don't know how good he is, really. So I got some questions about this unit as well. I agree with you. But it's the moment of truth time, Webb. How did the Cleveland Browns do in 2021? Uh, I think they win 12 games. Wouldn't be shocked if they only won 11, but I think they go 12 and 5. This team can run the hell out of the football. I don't know how they're going to pass because last year they were the ninth worst passing team, 24th in passing yards per game. What the hell is that? Um, third best running team. Uh, they put up uh, 168 yards per game. And... Um, Third in red zone percentage. I think that's pretty good. And they don't give away the ball a lot. So I think this team's going to run the hell out of the football, have a lot of run protection, pass protection, and they have options if Baker needs to throw. So I agree with you. I had them at 12 and 5 as well. I think that this team has a lot of talent and a lot of key positions, but they have a lot of high draft picks that need to play like high draft picks. And if they do, this could be the best team in the AFC or it could be the top five. But if they yeah. don't, it could be really bad. If Baker looks like Baker two years ago, this is a rough team. But I think he's kind of figured stuff out last year. I think he wants to get that big contract. I think he goes 12 and five this year. I think that they're a good team. They're going to play well. They're in the contention to win the AFC this year. 12 and five. I agree with you. And, and, and they were a good team last year. They just also brought in John Johnson as well. Miles Garrett. It's probably going to be a beast again. And now they have Clowney on the opposite side. So it's going to be interesting. Is Clowney a benefit or a curse? (laughs) I I don't think he hurts. I really don't know. I hope they're not depending on him too much, but I don't think he hurts. They're depending on him a lot. And it's going to be, (laughs) it's an issue, man. Two sacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Again, next up is the Pittsburgh Steelers. In 2020, they went 12 and 4. The story of their offseason this year was just to get healthy. They need Big Ben back to being Big Ben. When he got hurt, the team collapsed. I think that was the key point of their offseason. He came into camp looking in shape, by the way. But Ben got skinny. What did you have as the story of their offseason web? Again, these uh these things that are so surprising when athletes come into camp in shape. Wow. Doing your job. It's, it's uh, so, it, honestly, you hear it every year. And I'm like, of course, he should be in shape. Yes. They're yes. paying him lots of money. Yeah. If they're paying me money to be in the gym, I would be in the gym. I lot. still might take some time off. <laughs> if, if you had $100 million, would you be like, eh, like you might take it, you might go skate, you might go to the Barbados for two weeks. You might take some time off. <laughs> well, if I wanted $200 million, I'd probably still be in the gym. Um, I think to me, the story was, who was going to be the quarterback for the Steelers? Because there was a time when we didn't know if Ben was coming back. It looked like his time was over. And we didn't know if it was going to be uh, Dwayne Haskins or, or Mason Rudolph, or if they were, if they were going to sign Cam. Well, that, maybe I thought they were going to sign Cam. But we didn't know what they were going to do. And then Ben uh, returned. Uh, Kevin Colbert made it sound like they were done with him. Yeah, they, he said they were like moving on, basically. And then Big Ben agreed to restructure his contract. I think they made it $19 million this year instead of what it was, which I think was honorable by Big Ben, by the way. Taking less money. He didn't earn the money last year. So I think that was good of him to do that. There's a famous quote by a boxer. He fought Ali. and I can't remember who it is now, but the quote is something like, it's hard to go running when you're in silk sheets. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like when you're already super rich, that's why Tom Brady is an anomaly because he's the richest person. And he still grinds like a maniac. Like, do you have that in you? I don't do have that in me. I have, I don't have that in me. Oh. I plan to get super rich and then take everything off and do nothing. That's my goal. <laughs> Damn millennial. I'm going to sell um, out a hundred percent. You will. But Brady had that chip on his shoulder, like an actual chip on his shoulder. Not what these rookies say is a chip on their shoulder when they're getting inter- interviewed after they get drafted. Every rookie has a chip on their shoulder. It's built into their vocabulary. Now it's so annoying, but <laughs> Brady actually has it like, He's an underdog in his mind. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like these guys are just different. That's true. Okay. This team has one of the strongest coaching staffs led by their head coach and Mike Tomlin. Their offensive coordinator is Matt Canada, a man I root for. And their defensive coordinator is Keith Butler. Do you like this coaching staff? I do definitely like this coaching staff. Why do you root for Matt Canada? Canada's in the name. That's why I root for all things Canada. 100%. That's pretty simple. I thought. Just wanted to confirm. I like the coaching staff. I think it's good. I think Mike Tomlin is one of the five best coaches in football, and he's not fifth. Like he's probably top two or three. It's like Belichick and then him. Like they're the two guys. And Harbaugh. Those are like the three best coaches in football, probably. I love I, I love Mike Tomlin. And I like that they keep rewarding him with contract extensions. I shouldn't have done that because now I'm like Andy Reid's there too in the Shanahan's. So he's a top five coach. Okay, I'm not gonna put him in order, but he's in there. He's a great coach. Peyton? Yeah. Not a fan. I always think he's overrated, man. I don't know why. I'm just never that big a fan of what they do in New Orleans. Okay. But I agree with you on Mike Tomlin, though. I think he's definitely top three conversation for sure. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not sure he's the best schemer of all these guys, but I think as a leader of men, he's probably number one. I don't think Bill Belichick is like, I think Bill Belichick is the smartest coach maybe ever in terms of getting players to do what they're supposed to do and just schemes. Yeah. But Mike Tomlin is the best leader of men in the league. And I don't think it's that close. Oh, I agree. Yeah. In the drafts, 
They took a running back, Najee Harris from Alabama in round one. In round two, they took a tight end, Pat Freemuth from Penn State. And in round three, they took Kendrick Green, a guard from Illinois. Webb, I predicted they would take Najee Harris in round one, and I hate it. How do you feel about this draft? Um, so I like Najee Harris, the player. I did not like that they did this. You did predict that they that the Steelers would take Najee Harris. I did not like that they did this. I understood it more than Jacksonville taking Travis Etienne. And I understood it more than Cincinnati taking uh, Jamar Chase. But I don't agree with it. I think the Steelers should have taken someone on the O-line. Um, yeah. But I understand a little bit more. I think it was worse than the Jacksonville pick. At least Jacksonville, you're like, yeah, I'm building up with Trevor Lawrence. They can grow together. For this, uh, we've seen that you can't run in Pittsburgh with no offensive line. Najee Harris is not going to have more success than James Conner, really. And I love the player, but if there's no holes, you can't run through them. And I think this is going to be an issue for this team. I beg to differ. Draft, na- draft Najee Harris, please, in fantasy. Do that for me. No, 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 no. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you that it was wrong for him to take Najee Harris, but I do think Najee Harris is going to be better than James Conner because James Conner was very That fine. is true. That is true. You're right. He's, he's better than, I'm sorry. That was right. I went too far there. You're right. I'm going to pull that back a little bit. He's not going to be much better than James Conner. Okay. That's right. Like James Conner is, that's a, that's a low bar for me. It's just like Najee Harris is super talented and I think he's a great player, but I have seen great running backs be killed by no offensive line many times. If there's nowhere to run, you can't run. Like I just, I think it might be tough sledding from the first year. In free agency, they made some moves, though. They re-signed their wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, one year, $8 million. They re-signed Tyson Alualua for two years, $5.5 million. They signed uh, linebacker Melvin Ingram from the Chargers for one year, $4 million. They got a guard, Trey Turner, from the Chargers for one year, $3 million. They re-signed Chris Wormley for two years, $4.5 million. They signed backup tackle Joe Haig from Tampa Bay for two years, $4.6 million. And they got safety Miles Killebrew from Detroit for one year, $1.2 million. I kind of like these moves, Webb. I think there are a lot of solid things here. They filled some holes. They got some solid contributors. I think this is a good move. I like what they did here. I like what they did. Did you mention the Joe Schobert? trade that happened a couple weeks ago i did not but you should mention that yeah go ahead yeah i like the moves um no the joe sherbert trade they traded yeah yeah. (laughs) go ahead moving on (laughs) fumbled um yeah so i like that move and i i i liked what they did in the offseason but let's get into who they lost so for Joe Schobert, they traded with Jacksonville a six-round pick for a guy that Jacksonville gave $50 million to last season. Immediately got rid of him, so that was interesting. Good pickup for Pittsburgh there, but their losses, they had some big ones. Outside linebacker Bud Dupree to Tennessee for five years, $82 million. Cornerback Mike Hilton to Cincinnati for four years, $24 million. Right tackle Matt Thaler. The Chargers for three years, $21 million. Left tackle, Alejandro Villanueva to Baltimore for two years, $14 million. Cornerback, Steven Nelson to Philly for one year, $3 million. Running back, James Conner to Arizona for one year, $1.7 million. And free safety, Sean Davis to Indy for one year, $1.1 million. Those are some big names, Webb. Some really big names here. I think they did well signing guys, but they lost a lot of talent. And I have some concerns here. What do you think? Huge losses, uh, just especially on the O-line. Villanueva, uh, Matt Filer, 
They also lost uh, Pouncey. Um, he retired, I think. Um, he did. Just, just brutal, man. Like I can't think of a team that lost so much on their O line more than Pittsburgh this season, and that was such a strength for Pittsburgh, like throughout the years, giving Ben all the time in the world to throw. This guy was, as Stephen A. would say, tying his shoes, making a phone call. Like honestly, he had all the time in the world in the pocket, and he still threw picks. <laughs> I like that little shot at the end there. That was nice. <laughs> all the time, still stuck though. Uh, cat space. They have $12.1 million and the 12th most cat space in the league. The strongest unit to me on this team, I think for the Pittsburgh, they're, they're always a defense first team and it's their defensive line. CJ Watt is a top three defensive player in football. I think is that too far? Is that too high to say you think, or is he top three? I think that's a little high, but he's definitely elite. Okay. Cameron Hayward is a monster. Chris Wormley super solid. Steven Tewitt is the, one of the best three, four ends in the league. Melvin Ingram is a crazy depth on this line. Like, I think this is a great defensive line. What did you have as their strongest unit? I agree with you. And I actually have the front seven as their strongest unit in the league. I think it's the best front seven in, in the NFL. And it's scary, man. Um, but I agree with you. It's good. I think it's so good that the Bud Dupree loss will be felt but it's not crippling to the defense. I do not think it'll be felt that much. Uh, before last season, he wasn't very good. He turned it off in a contract year. Good for him. And then he tore his ACL. He was good for eight games, got $80 million. And then was like, I'm good guys. Peace out. Like, I don't think they're going to miss him that much. I think they're fine. I really do. hundred <laughs> percent. Thanks for that. Just threw up on everything I said, but I'm like Bud Dupree, man. I've been consistent on that. I think he's overrated. I, he has a I cool name. It, he really does. It's I name. think it's yeah. it's always really easy to pass rush across from the really good guy. Like it's really easy for the guy next to Aaron Donald to pass rush. Everyone the Ram has Rams play it as the next pass rusher is good because Aaron Donald has Aaron Donald has five guys blocking him. That's Bud Dupree. He's gonna have three sacks this year. Count it. Probably, but not to take away from the front seven, I think uh, you mentioned them, and now they have Joe Schobert, TJ Watt, Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward, Tyson Alouam, um, Melvin Ingram, Devin Bush, who I think isn't that great, but he's still solid. That's that's scary to me. That's the identity of the team. I love Devin Bush coming out of college. I thought he was the best linebacker in that draft class more than Devin White. Then he tore his ACL last year, right? Is that what he, he tore his ACL last year, right? Like early? I honestly don't remember. You could be right. I don't remember. I think, I think he did. So the recovery. I want to talk about some more about how you rung about Bud Dupree, though. Let's just talk about that for like 10 more minutes. <laughs> what was your runner-up? <laughs> uh, safety. We're agreeing too much, man. I had that as my runner-up, too. That's, that's terrible. We agree too much here. One word. Minka. That's it. 100%. He was so good when they traded for him two years ago. And Terrell, Terrell Edmonds is pretty good, too. I think he's a decent player. But also, Miles Killebrew in Detroit, he wasn't terrible for them. And now he's the third safety. I think that's pretty good depth, too. Yeah, I agree. This team is not perfect, though, Webb. What is their weakest unit? I think we're going to agree here. So, again, another polarizing team. Strong defensive line. O-line is not strong. <laughs> 
who the hell did you look at? All right, let me get at this. So Mike Pouncey, Alejandro Villanueva, Matt Feeler, David DeCastro. That was last year. That's a good unit. Steven Wisniewski. That was 2020. Not one of those guys is going to be blocking this year. That is a problem. That line's so bad, Bud Dupree could beat it. <laughs> it's real bad, man. So their tackles are Zach Banner and Chucks Okafor. So that's an issue. Maybe Joe Haig plays. Is Trey Turner good? Because he got paid a little money. Then he got no money immediately after. I think he's good enough to start for the Steelers. That's where I am too, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where I am too. I don't know if he starts on just any team, but definitely starting on the Steelers. And then BJ Finney is their starting center. Like I have some serious questions about this offensive line. So so my question is, so they took, and in the draft, I like that they took uh, Frymuth or Frymuth, however you pronounce it, and, uh, and Kendrick Green. I just don't understand, like with the Najee Harris pick, could they not have shored up this bad offensive line and still taken Kendrick Green later on in the draft? What they should have done, yes. That would have been a smart thing to do. Uh, just wondering. I just, it was so dumb what they did. I just, if Ben Roethlisberger gets killed, Mason Rudolph cannot take over. We've seen this before. It didn't go well. I just, so, stuff. I, I just, I just want to say this. I don't think Ben Ben Roethlisberger is good anymore. I don't think he's been good for years. This offensive line that they had of the past um, gave him a lot of time in the pocket, like the best protection or some of the best protection uh, in the league. He's one of the least sacked quarterbacks uh, over the years. um, And one of the least pressured has the slowest release in the world. And I don't think he's good. So I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the league, but I think he's mentally out of it too. I think that's a problem. He's been saying for the last like two, three years, he doesn't know like how much time he has left. There's been this back and forth. Like, I don't know, man. Fair, tough, but fair. Was quarterback your runner-up for weakest unit? Uh, it was my second runner-up. Um, I had the tight end as my runner-up. That's fair. The tight end unit's kind of interesting. I believe in Big Ben. I was, despite what I just said, I believe in him more than Eric Ebron and uh, the rookie tight end. Eric Ebron is the best guy that can't catch in the league. <laughs> Pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> My runner-up was cornerback. Joe Hayden isn't the same guy at 32. He was 27. I think there's a noticeable step down. Cameron Sutton's the number two there. He hasn't really proven anything yet. I just don't feel great with how good the rest of their defense is in the cornerback. It doesn't stack up to me. That's fair. That yeah. is fair. So you just killed Pittsburgh, Webb. You killed them. Uh, what, do, what do you have them doing in 2021? What's their record going to be? 11 and 6. Wow, okay. That's interesting. Why 11 and 6? The defense, it's too good. It's too good, man. Um, so Ben Roethlisberger is, Roethlisberger is not good. He's in the bottom half, I think, for quarterbacks right now. I think mentally he's done, his body's done. Um, but I still think he can have a decent year um, because they have a, a decent receiving core. Not great, but it's decent. And um, I think this defense is going to have them you know, uh, on the field a lot. Um, which may or may not be good at times. I think the o- the O line is bad, but I think it will show up every now and again. Um, and I think this defense is really, really good. Uh, like really good. 
And just looking at some stats from last year on defense, uh, third fewest total yards per game, third fewest passing yards per game. So I know that like you're not a huge uh, fan of their corners, and they lost Steven Nelson, who was solid for them. Eleventh uh, in in rushing yards per game, third fewest points per game, first in interceptions, first in sacks, and had the fourth fewest uh, rushing touchdowns. His defense is fearsome man and i really believe in it i think it's gonna get them double digit wins so i agree this is one of the best defenses in football totally elite pittsburgh started hot last year because of that strong defense and they fell off a cliff injuries can ravage this team their offensive line wasn't great last year it's way worse this year first round running back can't run no hole ben roethlisberger can't run anymore can't move anymore he's old if Mike Tomlin wasn't this coach, I would have a much different record, but he's still the coach there. He does not go under 500. The team goes nine and eight. That's strictly because of Mike Tomlin. That's it. If That's... it was, if it was Zach Taylor, this team is going to four. <laughs> killing this team, but nine and eight for this team. That's, that's fair. I have two notes. One, Pittsburgh was last in rushing yards per game last year. So that was one of the reasons why I understood them trying to address that in the draft. They should not have addressed it in the first round. That was stupid. That will come back to bite them in years to come. Um, they only put up 84 yards per game. Lamar Jackson gets that alone. <laughs> in one run. In one, one run, run, 84 yards. Yes, one run. That's Saquon right there, one run. Um, they uh, Their schedule, sorry. Um, week 13, home to Baltimore. Week 14, at Minnesota. Week 15, home to Tennessee. Week 16, at the Chiefs. Week 17, home to the Browns. Week 18 at Baltimore. I'll leave it at that. That's bad. Like, 9 and 8 is generous to this team. Because <laughs> I honestly, I was looking. I was like, are they 6 and 11? And I was like, no, nah, Tomlin's there. They're not going to do that bad. But I stretched for that ninth win to get them over 500. <laughs> I stretched. I was like, oh, I guess they could do this. Yeah. You, re- you redid it like five times, didn't you? you- I really did, man. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. How are you scoring on this team? Are you scoring on this You're- team? It's, it's going to be hard, but defensive takeaways. Like, yeah. Roethlisberger's going to throw the ball. You're going to start the ball at your 40 because they, they're at the 10. They get the punt. And you're kicking field goals. You're beating them 12-6. Like, that's the plan, I think. Yeah, that, and, and, and I think that's why they brought in Najee because they wanted to move the chains a little bit. Oddly enough, they didn't get him uh, someone who could create holes for him. But if that offense can be a little bit better than last year, they were 25th in total yards per game last year. Um, it's not good, obviously. Sounds bad. Sounds really yeah. bad, Webb. Yeah. And that was with a team that was 11-0 and 0 to start the season. So. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. So. I, yeah. <laughs> to recap, my predictions for the 2021 AFC North. Cleveland wins the division at 12-5. and 5. Cincinnati's in second at 10 and seven. Pittsburgh's in third at nine and eight. And Baltimore is in last at six and 11. Webb, what do you have for these records? Hot damn, hot damn. Um, I got Cleveland in first, 12 and five. Pittsburgh in second, 11 and six. Although thinking about it, I don't think Cleveland and Pittsburgh <laughs> are one game apart. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they shouldn't be at least. Uh, Baltimore is third. 10 and 7, and Cincy is fourth at 6 and 11. Very different from what you have for your I, lo- I like when that happens. That's more fun. 
Yeah. What is your bold prediction for this division? I have one. I'm not sure how bold it is. I have. I had two, but I can't remember the second one. So. So you had one. Okay. Oh, no. I remember. Okay. Is, I have two. How bold? Uh, seven. Oh, yeah. 10? Mine's less. I'll give you mine first. Mine's not that bold. Sure. sure. Joe Burrow will finish the year in the top five of passing yards and touchdowns. 4,600 passing yards. 36, 35 touchdowns. Not that bold based off what we said on the the one, two, three punch of the receivers. But fine. kind of bold. Not I that's why I said it wasn't that bold. Yeah, okay, fine. Come we haven't really seen much of him because he only, he only played 10 games last year, Joe Burrow. So yeah. this is really his rookie year, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. Okay. After insulting me though, you better come with some heat right now. All right. Um one, so Baltimore was the best rushing team in terms of yard per ga- yards per game last year, 192. They are last in this division in running the football. That's one. And you mocked me for 6-11? and 11. If they can't run the ball, they're going to go 2-15. and 15. I, I don't think they won't be able to run the ball. I just think it'll be a drop-off from last year. Okay. If What's your second good. ball one? What's your second ball one? That was mediocre. All right. So not one quarterback or any of the skill position players make the Pro Bowl from this division. That's a good one. That's a good one. That is yeah. fun. Ooh, that is a boy. I like that. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. That's fun. Okay. Thank you. You came in with some heat though. I like that. That's good. Save the best for last. You did. That was good. <laughs> I'm trying to think now, and I was like, you might be right here. That's crazy. They have okay. Lamar, and Lamar should make it. They have Nick Chubb. He should make it. If my but... prediction about Joe Burrow is right, he's gonna make it. Yeah, Joe Burrow, I, they have I, one I'm of those always right. should make it. My bold predictions are always spot on, so yeah. it's basically <laughs> impeccable. <laughs> Never lost. Uh, okay, what are we doing next show? We have two divisions left, right? Yes. The AFC West and the NFC West. I want to save NFC West for last. Sure. So next show, AFC West. Okay, get ready. Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. We have anything to add before we get out of here? Yes. Uh, not big news, and you probably saw it, but Denzel Perryman got traded to Vegas. Saw it and ignored it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Schefter, for nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Well, thought, I, 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 th- I like him. I think he can make a difference. Maybe nice. not to the Raiders, but... Twitter. The Raiders need him. He's actually, but actually, he is kind of big. He's a pretty good player. Okay. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. We out.